G'day mate, 40 here. I'm uh, cleaning up uh, Haysock and hanging out in downtown LA. And if you wanted to buy a crack, like this is absolutely the best place to buy it. Like God forbid, I would not buy crack. I don't do crack, not even when it's offered to me for free. But this is the one place in downtown LA where the dealers are people of just absolutely unimpeachable moral character. I mean, they offer you a, a full run, refund of your money if you're not completely satisfied, and they really mix, you know, all the different ingredients, right? So, what's that one thing that they put in drugs these days that kill you if it's not, you know, properly mixed? Well, it's all properly mixed in this park, so it's it's really the best. But not not that I endorse it. Like I'm I'm opposed to it. I'm, I'm just saying as an ethnographic study, fentanyl, right? They just they mix in the fentanyl just in the appropriate quantities in this park and just it's so hard to find crack dealers these days who are men of you know, great integrity. And I'm trying to do a bloody stream here and here come the Mexican gardeners with their lawn mowers, man. I'm trying to do a stream. Okay. No, no, no tweakers, God forbid, because it's it's all doled out in just you know, the most appropriate the appropriate levels so that you you don't you know you don't have those negative reactions apparently that you do for many other uh, many other places where you buy crack so let me know if the sound quality just becomes so bad that uh, no no termites around here but definitely see some democratic satanic pedophiles so I'm gonna, I'm gonna be on the outlook for the satanic pedophiles man just put in promo code democratic pedophile pedophile democratic satanic pedophiles to get 50% off for my special online course lessons of the holocaust anyway I was just thinking about betrayal it's a really hard thing to admit to like face yourself uh, to see the damage that you do with other people but I, I gotta admit I am a walking talking betrayal machine because I'm constantly changing my mind. I, I'm constantly like reading things and then going 180 degrees in the opposite direction. I mean, that's why Claire Core, astute observer of the human condition, then notes I have no fixed principles, that uh, she sees me as nihilistic. Uh, I see me as just pursuing truth, but because I'm just constantly whipsawing my orientation on life, that it just leaves all these people feeling betrayed and so I want to sit here in the sun, in the crack, in, in downtown Los Angeles and just admit to you that I've not always been as sensitive to your needs as I should have been. And I've not always been as sensitive to the needs of the people that I stream with as I should have been. I mean, I probably left people like Richard Spencer, I mean, real upstanding citizens like uh, Mike Enoch, Eric Stryker, even Norman Hobbs, Ricardo, like these good people, Kevin Michael Grace, Dennis Dale, Casey. You know, I've just on countless occasions, I've just left them betrayed because I would just go in the 180 degree ideological opposite direction. So for a couple of years, I'd say to Dennis and Casey, oh, you must read, you know, Kevin McDonald's Culture of Critique. You know, we should talk about this. And then the next moment I say, oh, but I think, you know, I read Nathan Kaufness's critique of the, the McDonald critique. And they go, oh, no, I think uh, Kaufness is, is 
further, more profound, more wise, more accurate, more parsimonious with the truth. And it just leaves people feeling whipsawed. And so I have to sit here and recognize I haven't been as sensitive to other people's needs as I should have been. Like, how do I think that makes people feel? Like, people who went out on the limb for me. Hey, Richard Spencer was on my show three times. Like, Mike Enoch was on my show several times. Eric Strike was on my show several times. Norvin and Casey and Dennis Dale, they're on my show all these times. And I just keep changing my mind. And I just keep going here and there on my ideological journey. And people feel dizzy. I, I, they, they can't rely on me. It makes I'm just not sensitive enough to how it leaves people feeling unsafe. And so if I have made you feel unsafe, I'm sorry. But you are always on my mind. You are always on my mind. And I'm just thinking, I didn't do enough to help Dennis Dale grow his channel. I didn't do enough to enable Casey to feel safe. Like, I didn't take into consideration as I've been going on these wild, contradictory, ideological journeys what effect my intellectual journey has on other people. But you are always on my mind. You are always on my mind. And if I could only remember the rest of the lyrics of that song, I could really just knock this live stream out of the park. So perhaps you could just help me. I think if I could just get the next lyric, it's a Willie Nelson song, right? You are always on my mind. Or the Pet Shop Boys, something like that. And then I could, I'm trying to do this stream with feeling. But seriously, I remember in, around 1993 my, my, my stepmother said to me somebody somebody should tell Dennis Prager that you're going to end up betraying him see I, everyone thinks I betrayed Dennis Prager like I was very grateful when when my hold on life was very slender like there was like this, this kind of slender sapling that I was holding onto when my life absolutely fell apart with chronic fatigue syndrome and like Dennis Prager you know was a large part of that sapling like he was really kind to me when I was you know sick and desperate and confused and you know he inspired me with his vision of you know ethical monotheism and you know, fighting for good values in the world and so people see oh I've kind of betrayed Dennis Prager and, and I think like the, the best thing that I could do for Dennis Prager or anyone else for whom I owe gratitude is just pursue truth wherever it leads. But then that always leaves people feeling betrayed. Like my stepmother saw it. She saw it in 1993. Somebody should tell Dennis Prager that Luke Ford will betray him. Can you imagine the sense of betrayal that my parents experienced when they got a letter from an ex-girlfriend who talked about all the places that I had used their home for fornication? Like all the different rooms where I had violated my girlfriend just completely against Torah law. Maybe I didn't treat you quite as good as I should have. Maybe I didn't give you, you know, everything that I should have. But you were, you were always on my mind. Quite as often, the little things I should have said and done, I never took the time 
but you were always on my mind. So can you imagine the tremendous sense of betrayal that my parents felt and they realized I'd been fornicating all over their Christian home? Like in different rooms, with different women, like in different positions, like not just missionary, but I was like doing the whole Kama Sutra. And I was basically bedridden with chronic fatigue syndrome, but still I was like fornicating three times a day in their Christian home in my father's bathtub. I was fornicating in my dear old dad's bathtub and then lying about it. I was fornicating and lying and lying and fornicating and then resting up to do more fornicating and then following it up with more lying in a Christian home in a God-based home, in a godly, holy home, and I was just fornicating all over the place. Like, I went to this, this Orthodox home for a Shabbat dinner, and there was a woman there who was in distress. And so after dinner, I took her into the spare room and made sweet, tender love to her. But this is not acceptable behavior from a Torah perspective. I mean, I'm invited to a home for a Shabbat dinner, and this is what I end up doing. So, I see it as pursuing truth. Like, I was pursuing truth with these various women. Like, I'm pursuing truth with my live streams. Like, I'm pursuing truth wherever it leads. But then people just experience this whiplash. It's like, what do you mean you are fornicating in our home? What do you mean you now completely changed your mind on issues X, Y, Z? Somebody should tell Dennis Prager that you're going to betray him. I don't want to hurt people anymore. I'm not an animal. I just, I'm just realizing now that I've not been as sensitive to your needs as I should have been. And, and I know, though, that when it comes time to do my, my show, I'm just going to have another ideological, ideological whiplash. And that's going to probably cause like cervical and lumbar uh, herniations. Aaron is just a long line disappointed in the look of, uh, in the direction of Luke Force channel. Bring back the weakness. Look, think about all the people disappointed by, you know, me turning away from blood sports. Like we had such a blood sporty show with Jim Goad and then I completely turn it away and how does that make people feel how does that make the audience feel they feel ticked off they feel disappointed they they feel angry they just see the potential there's so much you know compelling innovative inspiring necessary discussions that I am avoiding in my timidity because I'm just tired of going to shore and hearing about people talk about Luke's friends who, you know, shot up a Walmart or a mosque in Christchurch. And I'm just giving into that in my utter cowardice. Give me blood sports and give me death. Not being a sensitive. And I know I'm going to betray you again. I'm going to read the Financial Times today. I'm going to read the New York Times today. And I'm just going to go off on another ideological bender, completely contrary to what you want to hear. What about your needs? What about your sensitivities? Don't you count? Don't you matter? Luke was at his best when he had a large and dynamic whack pack. Absolutely. On my own, I'm just a drone. On my own, I'm nothing. I'm nobody. I'm inconsequential. 
I, I'm just I'm just a candle in the in the breeze candle in the wind never knowing who to turn to when the lights come on oh, man Ringmaster Luke showing us the latest internet freaks. But that's what I'm good at. Like when I try to be sober and responsible, right? When I try to be respectable, kicking KFG off the channel was the final, final, uh, yeah, that was the final blow. That was the death blow to the channel. I was so insensitive to the needs of my viewership. My viewership just like crashed to like 20% of what it was when I had KMG on the show. And so, yeah, I want to do a certain responsible, respectable you know, show with intellectual and moral integrity, you know, pursue truth wherever it leads, you know, be an upstanding member of society, you know, hold my head high up, up high when I go to shore. But I sacrificed you. I sacrificed you on an altar, right? I just nailed you to the cross so that I could get my 30 pieces of silver of respectability. Like, what about you left hanging there on a cross as I go you know, on a new dimension, a new jag, and you're just lying there on the cross, you know, impaled on the compelling nature of my previous live streams, and I've just not been sensitive to you, your sacrificial lands. I sold you out for 30 pieces of silver. I sold you out for respectability. Now, I, I, I sold you out just so that I could be happier, just so that I could you know, feel more inner peace, so that I could feel at ease, so that you know, I could be you know, less afraid in the world. I sold you out, I left you hanging on a cross. I mean, truly, you are God's suffering servant. I mean, your hands are dripping with blood. I mean, you are the suffering servant. I mean, you are the ones who are suffering. As the servants of this live stream, you are suffering. Did it make me happy? Yeah, I think I'm pretty happy. Are you happier now than, than uh, during the 2018? Well, I admit it, I, I'm not sure. So there are some ways I'm happier and some ways I'm less happy. Man, we must continue this vitally important discussion because 